I want to try my best, if we can, to continue to try to prepare our hearts for revival. You have to understand tonight, we've got to pray revival down. And until each and every one of us get into a place in our life to where we can draw a circle around ourselves and say, Lord, send revival to me, we'll not have revival. You see, revival begins with each individual heart, each individual being. And if each individual gets revival, then your church will gain revival. And the church will only get revival until you get revival. It's an individual thing. Revival carries a lot of individuality. I just don't want to have a group of meetings. I won't just don't want to have a, a series of services. I want true revival to come to your heart that will run wild through this place. Uh, and uh, not, I'm not talking about a wildfire. I'm talking about heaven sent Holy Ghost fire. Amen. Amen. Something that will encourage your hearts to get out and win souls to Christ. Something that will encourage your heart. Let's stand together for the word, reading of the Word of God tonight in prayer for the message. We're going to begin reading in John chapter 11 and verse number 35. And the Bible says, Jesus, therefore again groaning in Himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that Thou hast sent me. And when He thus had spoken, He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary... And had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on Him. I want to use this as a simple thought tonight. Revival in a graveyard. Revival in a graveyard. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we do count it an honor and a privilege to come to You one more time on this side of heaven. God, I just thank you so much for the good songs of Zion and the wonderful testimonies that we've heard tonight. And Lord, it's like we can see a little flicker of revival in the hearts of some individuals. And God, I pray, it is our prayer, that Lord, between now and the end of revival time, dear God, that that flicker will spread to each and every one in the sound of our voice and their hearts would be revived by the fires of God. Lord Jesus, I ask you to lead us, guide us, direct us tonight. And Lord, as we do your will, I pray that you'd anoint me, God, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet where I may preach your word. 
God, loose this tongue. Let it go, dear God, for your glory. Use these lips of clay. Bring Scripture to remembrance tonight. We'll be careful to give you glory, honor, and praise for what you do. In Jesus' precious holy name we do pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Revival in a graveyard may seem a little obnoxious at first. But the more you think of it, that's a good place to start. You know, before you can have revival, you've got to come up upon something that's dead. That once was alive before. There in the scripture, in the cemetery, you know the story of how Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus. There in the cemetery, faith was restored, the joy returned, and many were saved. Look at verse number 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had been the things which, had seen the things which Jesus did believed on Him. This is the end, the results of a revival. That revival, it done started out in the graveyard and Jesus done went by the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came back to life again and then people went and told others about what Jesus had done and many people believed because of that revival that took place in that graveyard. You see, revival is all about bringing to life that which was once alive, but it is now dead. We need a real revival. Many dead churches and church members, you know what they need tonight? They need a heaven-sent, Holy Ghost-controlled, sin-killing, rock-bottom, sky-blue, falling, prayed-down, preached-up, Holy Ghost-moving, powered-in revival. That's what we need. Amen? Something that will stir your hearts to the fires of God to where we can gain that great, uh, Lord, that great, uh, that great concern in our heart for those uh, that are lost and undone without Christ. Uh, it ought to put a smile upon your face of knowing uh, that we're alive and well and we belong to the King of Kings uh, and the Lord of Lords. Uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, I just want to worship Him. Uh, I want to serve Him. Uh, I just feel like preaching just a little while if you'll let me have the liberty to do so. Amen. I'm telling you, we need a heaven-sent revival. We need a powered-in revival. This was a revival in a graveyard. How can we have revival in a graveyard? You've got to, first of all, recognize the need of the Lord. Amen. We have to recognize in our hearts, if we're going to have revival, that there is a need in our hearts. The Lord tells us in John 15 and 5, He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Uh, folks, I've got a need for the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, to light up those revival fires deep down in my soul. Uh, and my friends, that's what it's going to take to have revival in a graveyard. you got to recognize that you need revival in your heart. Amen. Not only we need to recognize that we need revival... I'm telling you now, we need to recognize that we need His presence in the need in the time of sorrow. His presence is needed in the time of sorrow. 
Folks, I don't know about you, but there's some sorrowful times coming. And there's some sorrowful times that have done hit some families. There's some bad times that have hit others. And it is a sorrowful time. But my friend, you and I need to lean on the great hand of God. Why? Because He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll provide every need that you've got. I will take care of you in your time of sorrow. Even though our hearts may break and our hearts may turn drear. But my friend, thank God I know the one that can reach down and touch my heart and make it brand new again and renew that joy deep down and within me. And then we can have revival in our hearts and it can spread across this community and people will get saved for the glory of God. My friend, listen, we need to know who to depend on when sorrows hit our lives. Not only that, but His power is needed in the time of salvation. You see, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, after you receive the Holy Ghost, you'll receive power to be witnesses. In other words, after God's done saved us, you've got the power to be that witness. Amen. Listen, oh, we just need sometimes to just come down to an altar of prayer and ask the Lord Jesus to give us strength and give us that boldness to where we can be that great witness for Him. Amen. Listen, we've got the power that's within us. We just have to somehow or another get it generated out on the outside what's on the inside. We know that we're saved on the inside. And there's where the power comes from to win those that are lost. But we have to have that, uh, well, that's got to get tapped into. Somehow or another, it's got to get tapped into for it to do us any good. Yeah. It's like all of the oil reserves in the United States of America. Whether it be the strategic uh, oil reserves that are all over this country that would keep this country running for a solid 200 years plus. It could be those that are already capped up or are the oil that's all over Alaska and the Dakotas and all over Texas that they won't, well, won't allow them to drill. That oil does nobody good unless it's tapped into. You've got something deep down inside of you that won't do you no good unless you tap into it. Matter of fact, ain't... Mm, I'm about to bless myself. <laughs> Listen... This wasn't in the script. <laughs> that about the oil wasn't in the script. But what's the symbol of all? It's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you can't get nothing out of it unless you tap into it. <laughs> Amen. Listen, that's where the power comes from within you to be witnesses. Amen. We've got that deep down inside of us. It just has to be tapped into and somehow exonerated out to where we can use it to be that witness for the Lord Jesus Christ where people would come to His saving grace and the saving knowledge of our Savior. Folks, we need the power from God on high to win those that are lost. Amen. Also, we need to recognize we need the Lord and His pardon. Because His pardon is needed in the time of sinfulness. Amen. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. In other words, Brother Harold Perry, tonight, there is no other way to heaven other than the Lord Jesus Christ. 
No way. And we need to recognize tonight uh, and let this entire world know uh, that people are not going to get saved by going in on Grandma and Grandpa's coattail. That they're not going to get saved just because they felt good at an altar. They're not going to get saved just because they shed a tear. Listen, if tears got you into heaven, every scarlet in Hollywood would be in heaven when they die. I'm here to tell you it takes a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and that's what it takes to get into heaven. Hallelujah. We need to recognize the need of the Lord. No other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We need to recognize the need of the Lord. We need to recognize that we need the Lord for revival. You see, many people will say, oh, revival was yesteryear. Folks, I'm here to tell you, we can still experience revival. Huh? Things will change in your life. Things will change in your church if you'll experience true revival. Recognize the need of the Lord. But not only that, but number two, request the help of the Lord. We need His help if we're going to have revival. It starts with you and it starts with us. Uh, uh, even in the praise service and the song and the testimony. Lord, we help. We need your help. We need your help to have revival. In the preaching service, as it speaks to each and every person. God, we need your help. In the persuasion service for the indifferent and the lost, when invitation time comes, people gather around this altar. We ought to cry out to God and say, Lord, we need help. You see, you've got to recognize the fact that we need revival, but you have to recognize as well that we've got to call upon the King of kings and Lord of lords to send it our way. I've never seen revival come to a church that won't pray. I've never seen revival come to a church that won't humble themselves before God and pray. Matter of fact, I haven't seen revival come to a church that won't get on an altar and ask for God to help them. Forgive them of their sins. Repent. Oh, we need to request help from the Lord tonight in a special way. Listen, I know the man of God's done praying up and we've been praying. And boy, isn't it just a blessing to know that when you can come together in corporate prayer, that boy, it seems like it just moves the hand of God. He don't have to move. He don't have to move, but He does. But He does. If we can go in faith uh, asking that the Lord would move in this revival meeting that would stir the hearts of the people. Folks, I'm telling you, we'll have revival in a graveyard. I mean, if you want to go sit up a tent out there at the mortuary, right out there behind there in the graveyard and just have church, we'll just have church. Amen. Hey, listen, revival can still come our way. But not only do we need to recognize the need of the Lord and request help from the Lord, we need to respond to the command of the Lord. The Bible tells us in John chapter 15 and verse 14, Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. You know, there's a couple of commands in the Word of God I want to share with you at this time. Respond to the command of the Lord. Oh, listen, we need to respond to the command of the Lord. First one, preach ye, preach the Word. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 2. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. You know what that means, Damon? We got to be ready to preach at any time. Hmm? Amen. I, 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 I really hate 
that I'm going to have to retire this Bible. The pages are falling out and the pages are torn. And I've only had it about uh, eight, about five or six years maybe. But boy, i got some precious nuggets in here. And I mean, you know, I, I've got my own little index in the front right there. I've got a list of, of sermons that I have just jotted down in my, in my Bible. That I could just go to at any moment and, and just preach from the Word of God, not having to really study about it, but whatever God would tell tell me to do, I could do it just on a, on an instant. And boy, I hate having to lay this thing down. We're gonna retire it and get a new one, but I'm probably gonna have to transpose everything I got, and by the time I do that, the new one will be tore up. <laughs> the good qualities of Jonah, beyond the reach of mercy, the shepherd. Danger of suffering loss. That great city. Stay with the stuff. Step of death. Is anything too hard for God? Things that need to be raised. Roll the stone away. Damaged but delivered. Not conforming. Things I am not ashamed of. You see, I believe we got to be ready. Instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke with all long-suffering and doctrine. That is a command from God. And I know when preacher Bob gets here uh, in Monday week, I know that he is going to be prepared uh, to preach the Word of God. We just need to be prepared to receive what he's got for us. Amen. Oh, but not only that, preaching the Word of God, but another command that we need to so, so desperately recognize today is this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 17. It's easy, it's short, it's simple. Pray without ceasing. Oh boy, if there's any time in America, any time in the days of our church uh, that we need to pray, it is the day in which we live. Amen. Y'all better pray. Jonathan Black's driving. I'm telling you now. Amen. He don't like me now, does he? That's all right. I'm his daddy. He don't have to like me. He has to love me, though. Amen. I go on with him all the time about his driving. He's just learning. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean, preacher? It means pray every time you get an opportunity to pray. That means praying while you're in the bathtub, in the shower. Pray before you go to bed. Pray during the middle of the night when you roll over. Pray when you get up in the morning. Pray before every meal. Pray during the midday. Pray during the afternoon. Pray during lunch. Pray during your supper. Pray during your midnight snack. Pray anytime. Pray when you're getting your hair done. Pray when you're shaving your face. Amen. Pray when you're cutting up that T-bone steak. Just go ahead and pray. And ask God to help us, amen, because we need help from heaven and we need to recognize that and begin to contact the Lord by the way of Jesus Christ and have Him to send revival to this place in which we are, this dry, barren land. Oh, we need to pray. We need to pray, folks. Pray without ceasing. Pray Without ceasing. But number four, if you're going to have revival in a graveyard, you've got to roll that stone away. Look at verse John, 11, John chapter 11. Verse number 39. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead 
four days. But boy, he came out with the grave clothes on. And you know, he was found later sitting at the table with Mary and Martha and Jesus and a couple of others there. But you know what? When I mean you need to roll away the stone, there's some things in our life that needs to be rolled away. Prayerlessness is one. Or that being lack of prayer. Prayerlessness is one. The results of prayerlessness equals dullness. We need to roll the stone away of prayerlessness. The stone of prayerlessness. We need to also roll away the stone of powerlessness. Or no power. The results is deadness. We need, I like this one right here. I might stop and park and pull out a little while for this and preach a while. Roll away the stone of part-timeness. For the result is defeat. You can't have revival and halfway serve God. Let me rephrase that. You can't and will not have revival if you're a part-time server of God. We need to serve Him full-time. Amen. Oh, listen, I, I, I've tried to tell people for years and years, they'll come, preacher, Damon, you'll have it for sooner or later, buddy. They'll come to you. They won't know why God's not blessing. They won't know that, you know... They, they'll come to you. I don't know why God's just been so hard on me. Look, God hasn't been hard on me. hard on himself by being unfaithful. Huh? Yes, sir. Uh, they'll tell, tell you. I just, you know, pray. they'll say, oh, preacher, pray for me. God, the devil's just attacking our home. Uh, the devil's just tearing up the place. And we just don't know which way to turn. And then it's pretty sad commentary when the preacher has to ask him, well, are you going to church anywhere? Because you sure ain't coming here. Hmm? That part-time, this stuff ain't going to get revival. Huh? We have to have a commitment. <laughs> there has to be a commitment unto the Lord if we're going to have revival. Amen. I mean, it, it'll hurt. Boy, I'm telling you what, when God begins to prune you, it hurts. But boy, when God prunes, it begins to grow. You know, somebody say, oh, preacher, but I'm having such a hard time and I ain't got money to pay this, ain't got money to pay that, ain't got money to do this. Seems just like God's cursing me and I just don't know why. Well, when's the last time you tithed? Hello? I'm going to preach a little bit here because I'm the preacher, amen. You know, the book of Malachi tells us if we don't tithe, we'll curse with a curse. And I still believe people have problems of understanding what a tithe is. Let me explain it to you where to be on our level because I'm a kind of level-headed kind of guy. I know a lot of times people think that tithing is just putting something in an envelope and putting it in the offering plate. That's not tithing necessarily. Necessarily. If there's at least 10% in that envelope, it's called tithing. If it's less than 10%, it's called tipping. 
Did you know the restaurants are asking for 18 and 20% now? I told one lady the other day, I said, Good gracious lady, the Lord don't ask but for 10%. Y'all asking for 18? Y'all done got quiet in here. I'm trying to teach you something. Either all of y'all tithing or all of you ain't. Which one is it? It's in the Bible. I didn't write it. Amen. I'm just delivering the mail. In other words, if me and my wife... Now tell me if this is... Brother, I know you know the Word of God. And I appreciate it. But let tell me if this is right or not. If me and my wife, on that check stub when I get it, before the taxes and insurance come out, if it says $2,000, is it not right that I'm supposed to give the Lord $200? Isn't that the tithe? Somebody told me, said, yeah, preacher, I'm tithing. I'm tithing. I said, you are? Yeah. I said, do you know what tithing is? I Well, I know I put $10 a week in that, in that offering plate when it goes by. That's tithing. I said, you work 40 hours a week? He said, no, sir, I work 60. I said, you work 60 hours for $100, I'd find me another job. Huh? Hello? Y'all want revival, don't you? We got to get our heart right from our giving to our praying. <laughs> Amen. Oh, listen. I want revival desperately tonight. And boy, we got to be obedient into the Word of God. We got to put away the part-timeness, the powerlessness and the prayerlessness if we're going to have revival. But also, number five, I like this. You got to remove the grave clothes if you're going to have revival. Because you see, the grave clothes will blind your eyes. You see, the Bible said that when Lazarus came out of the grave, there was a napkin about his face. He would not be able to see very well and his vision would be blurred. If we're going to have revival, we need to take off the grave clothes, uh, remove the blinders off of our eyes uh, to where we'll have a clear vision of what we're looking at and where we're headed to. It'll also... Grave clothes will also block the mouth. And when it blocks the mouth, it stops my praise. Did you hear what I said? When it blocks my mouth, it stops my praise. I don't know about you, but you know, and I know people worship in different ways. Folks, I pastored a church before, I'm telling you the truth. Lord, they'd sit there and look at you like a wooden Indian. I'd preach like a wild Indian, but they'd cry their eyes out and just love the Lord. They don't get up and shout. They didn't get up and testify. Hey, when I went to pastor there, one man told me they hadn't nobody been in the altar in 13 years. Huh? You talking about an uphill battle. <laughs> but that's the way they worship the Lord, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Sister Lila said, she said, I just can't get excited as some others, but I, I may I may ought to. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with that, dear. Nothing wrong with that. You display your love for the Lord the best way you can. Amen. But I tell you what, don't look at me funny if I run a lap with a broke leg. Amen. Hallelujah. Remove the grave clothes. Huh? Number six, we've got to receive the blessings of the Lord. You know, some people will come to revival with this thought. They'll sit down and they'll say, Preacher, bless me if you can. Who are these people shouting unto God? 
Listen, when God sends that blessing your way, we ought to receive it. Amen. Bible says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. When we receive the blessings of the Lord during revival times, we'll be renewed to the former faith. We'll be restored to the family of God. And my friend, look, it'll be just like you got off an altar of prayer when you first got saved, all excited about what... Listen, I've seen people get up off the altar ready to take on hell with a water pistol. I don't advise it. But that's how you felt when you was a young convert. When you got up off that altar and you began to think about what God done for you. Oh, we need to receive the blessings of the Lord. Lastly tonight, and we'll close. We need to rejoice in the victory. When God sends revival to your heart, we ought to rejoice for what God's done. You see, really, you won't know if you have revival during that week of meetings that we're going to have. You'll know if we're going to have revival the Sunday morning after. Think about it. That's when revival begins. We're just going to call in the evangelist. He's going to preach to our hearts what God gave him. The rest is up to us. He's just going to deliver the mail. And it's going to be up to you and I to receive it. Or we can rejoice in the victory of our Lord. Folks, revival will bring faith to the church family. It will bring backsliders back to Christ following Him after they've been following afar. Revival will change the way you think. It will change the way you worship. It will change the way you love the Lord. What do you mean, preacher? Well, listen... When you haven't had revival in your heart in a while, sometimes your wood gets a little wet. And you feel like you may not uh, read your Word of God like you should. You may not pray the way you should. But boy, when revival comes through, all of a sudden you're praying more. You're giving of more of yourself. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're witnessing more. You're, you're attending church more. Folks, that's what revival will do to your heart. That's what it will do to your soul and your life. If you'll allow him to do so. That's how you have revival in a graveyard. You've got to rejoice in the victory. You've got to receive the blessings of the Lord that he's going to bestow upon you. You've got to remove the grave clothes. You've got to roll the stone away. You've got to respond to the commands of the Lord. You've got to request help from the Lord. And you've got to recognize the need of the Lord tonight. And you can have revival in a graveyard. Let's stand together. Y'all come get us a song of invitation tonight. I thank God for His goodness and mercy and grace. We're going to pray. Let me encourage you tonight. One of those commands is to pray without ceasing. Church, we need prayer. We need prayer time coming together to pray and pray that revival comes our way. If a revival comes to one, it may rub off on another. And it may go to another, and then another, and another. Folks, you've never been in love until you fell in love with Jesus, I'm telling you now. Father, we do love you. Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you for this opportunity to come to you in prayer. Lord, I praise you, give you glory and honor for these folks that are going to gather around here in just a little while. God, I just thank you for revival and, Lord, what it means to us. And, Lord, we can tell that it's a coming. 
And God, I pray that you would help us along the way to do that which would cause us to have revival in the midst of a dry, barren land. Lord, we'll love you, praise you, give you glory and honor for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. You come tonight, okay?